In just a moment, we're going to be hearing a passage from Mark. This is right after the time of birth of Jesus we had last week, and we are going to move further into this time of epiphany. So before we hear the scripture, I invite everybody to join me in prayer. God, teacher, fill us with the bread of your word. May you open this space, welcome the Holy Spirit here. Open our hearts and our minds so that we may properly hear your word and act. In your name we pray, amen. Today's scripture reading is Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 39. The man with an unclean spirit. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go into the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord.
it seems as though every story that we hear, every story that we encounter with Jesus, it's another chance for him to instigate some sort of change. We see him eating with tax collectors and pushing for the symbolic social change with feeding the hated. Changing water into wine. I could even make the stretch of the argument that feeding the 5,000 is an example of change, after all. He changed the masses' stomachs from empty to full. As we move further in this time of epiphany, now that Advent has concluded, basically all that we're going to talk about is change. It'll be this time right after Jesus' birth, as I just said before. Unfortunately, we skip a lot of his terrible twos, the rebellious teenage acts. Now we jump right into him going around and performing these miracles, curing the ill and pushing for this change upon the world. Now change is something that recently I have had to become a little bit more comfortable than usual with, keeping in mind the very cliche yet ridiculously not helpful saying, the only constant thing in life is change. Unhelpful because when change is happening and it's difficult and it's hard, to hear someone say that is not what you want to hear. I would not necessarily still consider myself new here to Linwood, but there are still a lot of things that I have yet to encounter. Maybe because it's annual or just doesn't happen frequently enough for me to have experienced it. For example, I have no idea what a chili fundraiser looks like, but I do hear that it's next Sunday after worship. (laughs) But nonetheless, this is a big change for me. It's a new job, a new house, day-to-day activities. But in the midst of all of this change, I always like to try to find some sort of familiarity. Now, I remember when my girlfriend and I first moved into our new apartment over in downtown Schenectady, we went, for, when we went after this familiarity. One morning at around 3.30 a.m., after almost missing all of our alarms, very plural, we drove up to the Adirondacks and hiked a mountain in the pitch dark with our headlamps to meet a fire tower on the top and watch the sunrise. A sunrise hike was one of my favorite things to do in college. Although I must say, living here, it's really, really nice that it cuts the commute time in half. With already and consistently getting very little sleep in college, I figured why not add a short hike to make the tired haze a little bit more enjoyable. It had all of my favorite elements. It was the wilderness, seclusion with one or two really close friends, and an early morning. This morning, not seen this time because of a a paper that was due, or class, or work, but rather seen because of a relaxing, slow adventure with only one mission, to race the sun. Jesus finds similar refuge, wandering off early in the morning simply to pray. Which, when reading this, it's very hard not to imagine the followers who woke up and realized that they had lost the Messiah. 
running around before they found him. I mean, I have lost my keys before. I've lost my wallet. But this seems a little bit bigger. Jesus seeks this refuge in seclusion because he has been doing all the pushing for this change. He's exhausted. I mean, I ran away to the woods because I was facing change. Imagine being the one who is radically pushing it onto the world. The Jews in the synagogue yelled at him, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? And to be honest, I've come pretty close to yelling that at change myself. Like last October when I first got my first rent bill of the new apartment. And I realized that this was going to cost me monthly for contractually at least a year. I almost cried out. What have you done? (laughs) What do you want with us? Have you come to destroy me? Now, I realize that I'm speaking to the choir on this one. Because about a year ago, a similar change happened. And to even take it a step further, it was in the name of Christ. About a year ago, this congregation became an opening and affirming church. Which means meaning and earnestly stating that no matter where you are in life's journey, whether poor or rich, black or white, gay or straight, you are welcome in this church. Now, I was not there for a large portion of those conversations, but I am sure that it was trying and difficult. Change is hard. More often than not, we want to say no thank you. I wish to say the same. It's easier. It's comfortable. It's what I know. Perhaps not necessarily individually. Maybe it was very easy for yourself to say, of course, obviously, I, I accept and love anyone who is willing to love who they love. But as a congregation, it can be trying. It can be very difficult. It's then when we remember Jesus coming into the synagogue, pushing for radical change, an uncomfortable religious change. And this change is not easy. It was trying, and he had to prove himself. The whole venture throughout the Epiphany that Jesus is performing miracles, showing this new way, proving that he is the Son of God. Now this Sunday is the new Sunday of the new decade, the first Sunday. And a lot of things are going to happen before the next one hits. Maybe this time we'll get our long-promised flying cars. That being said, there are plenty of changes. Who knows? Maybe some of you have made some planned changes. Maybe New Year's resolutions, you would call them. As we make them, or don't make them, I want to express a couple of things that came up in my life when, when thinking about New Year's resolutions. The first one comes from a friend. Pastor Marcy, as life will change around you and people will come in and go out, the person to always stay there is yourself. Now, so rather than making a resolution to change yourself, perhaps set a resolution to love and accept yourself exactly as you are right now. You may change, you may change drastically, but in this moment, know that you are exactly who God intended you to be in knowing that you are loved and welcome in God's kingdom. 
The other lesson is to welcome change. Sitting up here rather than over in the front for the children's message. It may not be what you want, and sometimes it can be hard. There, there can be years in our lives that seem to test us on our patience, on our emotions, and maybe even with our relationships with one another. But if you're able to find it in yourself, steer into the skid. When change is happening, embrace it. And even better, try to make it to work to your benefit. Now, I realize that it's very easy for me to stand up here and just say simply embrace change. When it can be hard, it can be difficult. So I want to say something, it will be trying. Sometimes it will be difficult and hard and make you uncomfortable. But this is the change that will bring us closer together. It is certainly a long-term outlook, but the more we as, as humans, the more we as neighbors, the more we as Christians go throughout these difficult and uncomfortable moments, the more we are able to relate and empathize. I do not mean we go through these difficult moments, these uncomfortable to when I hear a person who says their struggles, a neighbor who is expressing their grief, for me to turn around and say, well, that sounds really tough, but you should hear what I went through. No. I mean, when someone, whether from our community, whether a complete stranger, comes up to us, comes up to us with a difficulty, a struggle, a lack of a triumph, we can turn and set, we can turn and be what we needed in similar times of hardship for them. This can be one of the most powerful ways that we show our Christian love. We are simply present. Sometimes it could be an ear, maybe a good laugh, but to do as Jesus did and share a table with the tax collectors, feed the hated sharing a glass of wine to remember, and feed those in times of difficulty. Maybe feed with bread and fish, yeah, but also to feed the soul with love and empathy. Amen.